Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. In continuing to describe the work that has been assigned to him, the Apostle Paul, in the last two verses of Second Corinthians chapter 5, tells us, number one, his commission, and number two, his message. His commission, as he describes it here, is to be an ambassador for Christ. Now, other places, he tells us that his commission was to be an apostle of Christ, and other places, a preacher of the new, or a minister of the new covenant, So there are different ways that Paul describes his commission, and all of them are are correct, and all of them are helpful perspectives on what it is that Paul was called upon to do, Paul, Paul was assigned to do. But in this particular text, he tells us that he has been made an ambassador for Christ, and that's a well-known verse. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.20 when he says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And as we saw when we looked at that verse very carefully, the plural we doesn't refer just to Paul, it refers to others, and by working our way through that knowledge and considering other places where we are told about this work, we come to the conclusion that, in in fact, all Christians are called to be ambassadors for Christ, because we have all been included in the Great Commission. And that's what Paul is talking about here, what he has been commissioned to do. But he says, we, not I, we. And so all of us have been commissioned by Christ if we're saved. This is part of what he saved us for. This is part of what we are called to do. We are called to be ambassadors for Christ, to represent him to others. But we are now discussing the message, and we'll continue that on this Thursday, January 5. We are grateful for the opportunity of teaching God's Word to you who are listening today, and we are mindful that God must touch the hearts of people to help us financially if we're going to continue this ministry on this station. So now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Paul moves from his commission, 
his position, we might say, as an ambassador for Christ. And that is very helpful to think about what an ambassador is, and that tells us uh, what Paul was doing, what, what his life's work was all about, and tells us what our life's work is all about as well. But if we are an ambassador, then we have to have a message that has been delivered to us that we deliver to others. That's what an ambassador does. He represents his sovereign to another kingdom, and he speaks with authority on behalf of the one who sent him. And that's what Paul is doing. He is taking the message that was delivered to him by Christ, and as Christ's ambassador, he is delivering that message to others. And he tells us what that message is, and we'll continue looking at that in a moment. But it's important that we understand that's what we're called upon to do as well. Christ has given us a position. He has commissioned us as ambassadors. Christ has given us a message. He hasn't said, now you're my ambassador, so go out there and tell people whatever you think might be helpful, whatever you think might work, whatever you think might might appeal to them, whatever you think might induce them to make a decision in favor of Jesus. No, it's not that at all. He says, go out there and deliver this message. This is This is the message. Your responsibility is not to improve it, it is not to edit it, it is not to change it, it is to deliver it, as it has been delivered to you. And in this message, there are, I think, at least six key words, and if we'll understand them, we'll understand what the message is that we are called upon to deliver on behalf of Christ. And the first one is the word reconciliation, which we looked at on the broadcast yesterday. This is the message. We, we implore people, be reconciled to God. Your relationship with God has been destroyed because of sin. You are not in a right relationship with God. You are alienated from God, and you need to be reconciled to God. And so that's the message. We tell people the truth about their relationship with God, which will come as a shock to some people who think naively that they are in very good good terms with God. Probably because, number one, they have not understood the reality of their own sinfulness, and number two, they haven't understood the reality of who God is and what he requires. Because God is so generally misrepresented in our world, and the idea is that God is something like a loving father, loving Santa Claus in the sky, who is just so desiring for people to just come to him, to just accept him, to just approve of him, to just just uh, make a decision for him, and, and uh, he will do virtually anything that will encourage them, that will persuade them to do that. What a a misrepresentation of God. We're not in good standing with God. There's a barrier, a sin barrier, that needs to be removed. And until that is removed, we are under God's wrath. Not, Not a message that you hear very often, but that's very frequently repeated in the Bible. Until... The sin has been removed, our sin, which is enormous, 
We are under God's wrath. We are under his condemnation. We aren't waiting for the day of judgment to find out whether or not we are condemned. We are under condemnation. We are condemned already. And the question is, how do we remove that condemnation? And the answer is, be reconciled to God. That's the first word, reconciliation. But there's another key word, and I will call that word initiative, because the initiative is with God. We need to understand this, and that's in verse 21. For he, that is God, made him, that is Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He did that. God took the initiative. God acted to remove the barriers. The barrier between us and God is our sins. We committed them. God is the one who is offended. We have done what is wrong. He hasn't done anything wrong. God is the one who has been offended. And therefore, we would expect him to require that we come to him. But the problem is we can't. And we won't until God takes the initiative. He made. He made. He did something. God acted to remove the barriers. He, who is the offended party, took the necessary steps to bring about the reconciliation. It was God's love. It was God's goodwill. Not ours. Not ours. If it depended upon our initiative... We would never be saved. But thank God, he took the initiative. So that's the second word. Word number one, reconciliation. We need to understand that. We need to deliver that message to people, their need for reconciliation. Message number two, initiative. God took the initiative. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Key word number three, Savior. He, we read in verse 20, for he, God, made him Christ, who knew no sin. The him is Christ, and only Christ is able to reconcile a sinner to God. A righteous God must be reconciled righteously. That's another aspect that many people don't understand. Because of the misrepresentation of God, the common idea is, well, God can forgive in any way he wants to, and he wants to. So what's the problem? I've heard it put very very sacrilegiously, something like this. Uh, God, I love to sin, and God loves to forgive, so everything's fine. Well, wait a minute. Yes, you love to sin. And yes, God loves to forgive. But there's a few things that you are leaving out. And the forgiveness is not just something that God can do willy-nilly. He can't just decide to forgive. Why not? He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can do whatever he wants to do within the boundaries of his nature, of his character. And in this case, we've got a problem. God is a holy God, thrice holy God. And the only way that a holy God can remove sin is if the penalty for that sin 
has been paid. It has to be satisfied. He is holy. He is just. Now, there's two ways to satisfy the penalty. One that we all understand and one that we never would have imagined. The one we all understand is that we have to pay the penalty. And then the question is, well, how do we do that and what is it? And it turns out that the enormity of our sin is such that we can't do enough to pay the penalty. The penalty is eternal separation from God. It is eternal condemnation. It is such a great, such a great matter to sin against such a great God that if we pay the penalty, there's no end to the payment. We can't, we can't do enough. We can't pay enough. We can't suffer enough to satisfy the judgment of God, the just judgment of God, which his nature, his character, his holiness requires. So if that's the only way of reconciliation, we are in trouble with a capital T. But God himself has provided another way. And that's by giving his own son, the sinless one, the one who did not deserve judgment, to take the place, to be a substitute, to bear the judgment in the place of the guilty sinner, so that the judgment is satisfied, but the sinner can now be set free. Because once the penalty is paid, then there's no more penalty to pay. There's no more judgment. We read about this in Romans 3.26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just. He must be just. And the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God must be just to demand a satisfactory payment, and we can't pay it, it's too big, but God also is the justifier. His love, his mercy, his kindness satisfies his own wrath in the person of his Son. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.